0: Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast with Dave.
1: Hello everybody.
0: How
1: are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today?
0: Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. we talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all round nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that yeah it's a bit different um, you know but if you're listening to this obviously yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear uh, Podcast at evertrack.co.uk.
0: Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Good afternoon, if you're tuned in. Yeah, welcome, welcome one, welcome all.
1: Especially in nice these lives, because I got like a real video um mm-hmm. sort of record of how weird my hair is getting. Over, <laughs> <the end. laughs> is this your lockdown
0: hair? Is it, Dave? This is
1: lockdown hair. Yeah. Yeah, we're,
0: we're live. Cool. Happy days. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, yeah, it's another, another edition of uh, the Tuesday tune in. So we, we, we sort of, we had a little chat about what today's going to be, be about. Um, because normally, even though these are, uh, you know, uh, Q and A's essentially, um, we always like to have like a theme, um, about things. We've talked about fitness a lot. We talked about equipment a lot. We talked yeah. about the, the battle of the tracks, which was a good one. Um, you know, and last week we ch- chat a bit more about Machu Picchu, um, because it was, uh, you know, uh, sort of a brand new trip, and it was uh, April's uh, evertrek favorite, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah. Firstly, congratulations to Diane. I uh, don't know if you're with us on the first, but she won the day trek to Machu, uh, not to Machu Picchu, to uh, Rainbow Mountain. Rainbow Mountain. So she's uh, she's got something to look forward to. The rest of her family. So um, I know Diane usually tunes in, so I'm sure she'll be on soon. Yeah. But, yeah um, today, Dave. What, what was today again? Um, we were talking well, about we're, talking I'm about talking about
1: today, there? sort of. Essentially, so everything that we do involves going to high altitude, um, yeah. what would be considered extreme altitude. Um, so we're going to cover off one of the most popular sort of Q&As that we get, which is um, what are the dangers of trekking to high altitude? Um, you know, and we're going to cover off a lot of things, with, you know, about what are the typical dangers, what yeah. are you likely to experience, Why are some? what are some of the reasons why people might actually not make it to Everest Base Camp? Um, sure. Because, you know, although there are some unusual circumstances and it is, Largely an individual thing. Yeah, uh, there are some common threads that, if you're aware of before you go, you'll be able to avoid them, manage them, and then hopefully you know have a, com- a successful trip to base camp. So, um, yeah, it's one of my favourite topics to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know we did. Um, I mean, if any of you have been following us for a while, um, back in I think it was back in December, we did a, a Mountain Malarkey podcast uh, episode. Um, if you haven't listened to that yet, um, I highly recommend you do uh, listen to it. It is pretty much on the same thread if you like which is is talking about the dangers and we know that over the last um sort of few months you know we've had lots of new followers um lots of people join the community so um you know we thought we'd we'd like to discuss it again because there's one thing about altitude that we've learned is that it's not for everyone um you know it is hard it's challenging it's it's what makes it exciting it's why it's why we like it you know um it's why lots of ever choose to go to you know whether it be kilimanjaro everest you climb at a six thousand meter peak yeah. Um, you know, so it's important. So, you know, like anything, um, and back when we did talk about this, you know, it was in the news a lot, um, certainly around how dangerous, um, you know, Everest was, yeah. especially around um, uh, Everest Base Camp, because there was a guy from South Wales, actually, um, not too far from us, who passed away, um, I believe, Dave, it was back, well, it, back it was in the o- wasn't it? Uh, it was October. Um, yeah. It was a day ahead of us.
1: That's right. Yeah, um, you were there with yeah, and, uh, and the old man went up there. Um, <clears throat> so I think he passed away, sadly, at Lobuche. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So we were in Dingboche our, on our acclimatization day when that happened. Yeah. Um, so sadly, we heard about it when we went back up there. Um, and yeah, it's really difficult to get any information back. So, you know, I don't yeah. know what happened there. Um, you know certainly things like that can happen and they do happen although it is infrequent on the way to base camp yeah um but yeah when we were talking about you know how dangerous Everest can be that's another reason why we like to have these you know how dangerous is Everest base camp yeah. uh, or Kilimanjaro or any high altitude trekking experience because Everest tends to cast a big shadow over everything you know yeah. so yeah. everything you read with the title Everest in it um You'll, people will associate in uh, to do with trekking, you know. Yeah. So we have to dispel myths about are you walking past dead bodies and littered oxygen bottles and things like that on the way to Everest Base Camp? Which no, it's apples and oranges. It's so yeah. different. Um, but yeah, yeah and like on Kilimanjaro, um, you know, things can go wrong. You might have to be evacuated and things like that. So, but when it comes to just altitude and how dangerous altitude is, yeah, I think it is
0: manageable to a large degree. You know it is, yeah, massively. I mean, you know, like we, we've got a, a community, especially the um, the Facebook group. If you haven't joined it yet, the high altitude ever um, definitely get yourself in there. There's a lot of people in there who have trekked the high altitude. Um, yeah. you know, they're, they're back. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, we get a lot of customers who, who kind of go to high altitude, and, and and obviously us as well who regularly go to high altitude. It's it's one thing, I mean, Dave, you 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 said it probably best when we did the the Mount Malarkey mm-hmm. episode which was really around managed danger yeah. um, compared to normal danger because, there, you know, there, there's definitely different levels of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and well, yeah. when you go
1: to any high-altitude trekking or climbing experience, you know, yeah. it is about, there is a risk. There's an element of risk involved. You know, it's yeah. not a holiday. It is adventure travel. Um, you do go there, and you have to manage risk. And I think the way we like to do it is what we like to call, like, an intelligent approach to risk, you know? Yeah. So it comes off the back of education and experience. Now, not everybody who goes on the trip will have all of that. That's why our guides do. So all of our guides are highly educated, highly experienced, and they know how to manage high altitude. Um, And that way, it gives you a platform to be able to enjoy your trip. Because when we talk about, like, what is and isn't risk you know when you're at high altitude your body will feel differently your mind will feel differently you'll think differently and the decisions that you make won't always be the ones you would have made at sea level so how do you know what is the right decision to make you know how do you know whether you need to continue or turn back how do you know whether you're drinking enough or eating enough because everything is different um so yeah we do take a managed and intelligent approach to it which is off the back of tried and tested methods for acclimatization and also you know regular health checks and things like that the guides will be complete in oxygen levels they'll know by your pace and things that are imperceptible to you you yeah. might feel okay but you might be significantly slower than you were the day before so the guide will know right okay well we need to have a chat talk about your hydration talk about your food talk about how you're feeling headaches things like that yeah um, and then on the other side of it which is us as trekkers, we have to have an intelligent approach by being... We can't just tunnel vision, you know. Yeah, you can't just... Yeah, yeah it's not just summit fever. It's not yeah. to the top no matter what. Um, you know, it is... Okay, I'll be honest, you know, because if you're honest, you will yeah. reach the top, you know. If you try and hide your symptoms and hide the fact that you might be in difficulty, almost certainly what you are in there is signing your own free helicopter ride back to Kathmandu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> because... They yeah, will exactly. come back and bite you and you would have perhaps missed an opportunity to sort of deal with them when they were really manageable.
0: Yeah. Um, I know I'm waffling a little bit, but hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> you educate me now. No, <laughs> no, it's it's always an it's a very good point. That's why I let you go into it because I know that like on the podcast episode, you were you were bang on when you need to take an intelligent approach. Um yeah. you know, it's like anything. I mean, you know, when you are in and you know you're trying to enjoy yourself, the altitude can be hard. Um, you know, it, it can make you a bit down. It's, it's one of those things that, like, and, and, and this is why we're talking about it now. Like, we're not talking it to say, oh my God, it's hard. Is that we want to tell you how it is so that when you do go up there, you're not surprised. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you're on the live and you've been to high altitude, you know, definitely tell us uh, your experiences because it's always yeah. good to engage um, and, and talk about it. Because, you know, like me and Dave, um, you know, we've been to, to trekking at altitude dozens of times um and it's always kind of we're always learning uh, it doesn't yeah. matter how many times you go to altitude well
1: yeah i mean i think i said it when i was in kilimanjaro i said that every time you go to altitude is the first time essentially yeah meaning you can't rely on how you felt the time before if you've had a long gap you know so yeah. some might go to altitude once a year so i might go to kilimanjaro the last time i went to base camp was a year ago you can't rely on how i felt then because i would have changed i may be fitter or less fit yeah, maybe you know, my body just might be struggling a little bit with any aspect of traveling, fatigue, a virus, and then all of a sudden that will affect your acclimatization. And in fact, it happened to me on Kilimanjaro. Um, yeah, yeah, talk
0: us through yeah. that because I know it was yeah. something you, you really experienced before.
1: Exactly. So I've been to um, Everest Base Camp in October um, and really had like fluid, you know, um, yeah. felt fine, acclimatized well next to no headaches, high energy. Yeah. And then in February, so very close, um, we went to Kilimanjaro. And I yeah. automatically kind of assumed that I would pretty much fare how I was in October. I was up the yeah. same weight, the same fitness, the same everything. So, you know, felt good. Um, but it was different. You know, my body acclimatized differently to how it did. I mean, that's partly due to the nature of Kilimanjaro as opposed yeah. to base camp. Um but yeah, so after about, I think it was on day four of base camp trek, of a Kilimanjaro trip climb, climb, yeah. we went up to a place called the Lava Tower. And all of a sudden, I started feeling some symptoms that I've never felt before with altitude. Um, you were wrong, were you? Yeah, it felt like yeah. I had a piercing headache and... It was strange. It was like I wasn't entirely in control of my motor functions. Yeah, yeah. You know, So, like, although I didn't I didn't feel really dizzy or anything like that, but I found myself, like, rather than walking step by step by step, you kind of, like, cross over your legs, you know, like that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a bit unsteady. And um, I remember getting, like, frustrated by that because I, I was like, oh,
0: what's what's going on? Yeah. Um, I can remember you're like, this this isn't normal.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, and, yeah, it was really hard to describe yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it was all of a sudden just like i don't know like my mind felt well yeah but every part of my body was hurting a bit and a bit nauseous and a bit dizzy and things like that um so yeah at that point for the first time in my um trekking and climbing experience i decided to take diamox yeah um now you know anytime you talk about altitude like diamox and altitude are sort of you know, bosom buddies, you know, you, ever, but the main thing that I did, everyone's a doctor and everyone's an expert when it comes on to Diamox. Yeah. Get advice um, from a proper doctor, a proper healthcare professional. Now I went to a place, a Nomad Travel Clinics, where I spoke to yeah, somebody. they're great there, who, aren't they? Yeah, who was a qualified travel um, um, medic who had been to high altitude and knew about Diamox and knew about its uses. Yeah. Um, so I got a proper prescription and a dose but then I also spoke to my guide, you know, and yeah. yes, we have a guide. Let him know that I was taking it. Um, let him know the dose and stuff like that, because the dose may change depending on how you change. And yeah. the best person to make that call when you're on the mountain is your
0: guide. <laughs> you know, you've got to be open to them as well, haven't you? Because you've got to yeah. be, I mean, you know, the last few years, we've, we've we've rarely we've had rare occasions where we've had to evacuate people yeah um, you know being very fortunate in, in terms of our success rate of being very high especially on everest um you know 100% on kili up to now um you know which is pretty good <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you, know, you have to be open and honest with your guide um it's important dave isn't it like if you would especially when you take medication because yeah. if anything does get serious you know you need you know we need to know what you're what you've had what you're going through taking wow.
1: painkillers you know exactly. Yeah, I mean, and also the guide, like Yesi yeah. on Kilimanjaro, he's summited Kilimanjaro 400 times, you know. Yeah. Um, nice. And that level of experience is makes him an expert, you know. And on almost all of those climbs, he's guided clients, so yeah. he's there's nothing he hasn't seen, there's nothing he hasn't dealt with, and there's no problem too big or too small that he won't take time to help you with. And that's the same whether you're in Machu Picchu base camp, Morocco. Anywhere you go, the guides are your most valuable resource in making sure that you get to the summit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it helped me, you know, like I said, and I think everyone's a little bit, even on the group, I think people were, you, they assume when they go with you and you've been to altitude lots of times that you'll be at the front, you know, that you'll be the strongest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, same every time, isn't it? Because like you said earlier, you've got to
0: acclimatise
1: the same. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, taking Diamox for me was not... Um, it, 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 it was. It, I had to do it. You know. Yeah. Um, it made a huge difference. Now,
0: John from Brecon is <laughs> on live. So I, know, I was thinking. I don't. I haven't seen him on live for probably nine or six months. So welcome, John. It's about time.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, John <laughs> is our. Um, if you've been on a training weekend or you're booked on a training weekend, he's our sort of. I suppose he's the closest thing to a guide we have. You know, we basically let him pick the route, find the route do all the stuff, cook us chili, maybe, <laughs>
0: <And> then, <laughs> you know, no, he so- along, doesn't he? he's a great, he's a great guy to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he does raise a good point as well, which is, you know, when it comes to aside from Diamox and I can talk about some of the side effects of Diamox, cause there are a few annoying, yeah, yeah. not dangerous really. Um, yeah. Is uh, hydration and nutrition and also sort of yeah. mindset and morale. And one of the big things he said there is sugary sweets to help keep up your energy up. Yeah. I massively agree with that. But more so than my energy, it's my mood that they tend to help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they pick me up, aren't they?
1: Exactly, yeah. So, you know, when we um when we came down from Kili, yeah. and we'd been going 12 hours at that point, and we were back at um, Barafu Base Camp, and I was rummaging from my bag looking for batteries or something, and I found some
0: fizzy cola bottles. <laughs> yeah, I did see you smile at that point. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 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 you know so, okay. yeah. say hello to everyone that's on as well I know we've had a few more now I, I love Facebook as soon as we we'll have be on 10 minutes everyone seems to come on so thanks yeah. for joining us Russell Ian John Sital uh, um, yeah thanks for joining us today um, yeah awesome so yeah,
1: Sital's so, actually an interesting question which is does fitness levels um, have a part to play when it comes to altitude sickness great question
0: I love I, you know, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. come on we've um, um it, it, no uh, basically when it comes to um i'll take this first dave um but yeah when it comes to fitness levels it's something that altitude's a real leveler it doesn't matter how fit you are um it does help uh, and we always encourage people to do plenty of training you know get out hiking you know with your pack on your back um you know when you can uh, you know get out of the gym do some cardiovascular work but ultimately when you're altitude, it's a real leveler. It's really what you can control when you're out there. So you talk about hydration, speed, um, you know, just keeping a positive mindset. The things you can control.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but when it comes to fitness levels, it doesn't really mean that's going to help you essentially, or you know, it's like as a competition. Yeah. Um, it's really about your mindset. If you want to get, and you know, I've always been quite strong on this. If you, if you, you know, since the beginning, since we started Evertrek, is that we we want to help anyone. Get to ever space camp because we've seen yeah. a lot of people of varying fitness levels get to ever space camp to killy yeah. I mean, just to use a couple of examples, um, you know, I'll talk about uh, you know, and if James is watching because he usually does some of our lives, he came to killy with us in February. Um, he'll admit himself, you know, he wasn't in great shape. He, he rarely does any form of hiking, but he made the summit in Kilimanjaro, almost six thousand meters, um, yeah. because of because of this. He was he was very determined to reach his goal. Yeah. Um, he was knackered afterwards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he was. But, uh, you know, uh, if, if it was easy, you know, uh, anyone everyone would do it. But that's uh, the challenge of yeah. what makes it, yeah? Yeah. What you know. Yeah, it say?
1: is one of those – yeah, fitness is one of those interesting things where I, I never want to persuade people from getting fit, but then I also yeah. don't want them to rely solely on fitness to get to the top, you know, because some people – you know, the fitter you are, the certainly – the easier you'll find the day-to-day trekking, because don't forget you are still walking up and down hills. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the fitter you are, the easier that part of it will be, yeah. and the less you'll exert yourself. But it's also about striking that balance, because a lot of people, and we've experienced it quite a few times on the trip, when they're really mega-focused, mega-driven, yeah. seriously competitive, um, and used to pushing their body to the to the limit, yeah. find it very hard to rein that part of it in because it's ingrained exactly. in their success back home you know yeah are the fittest people in the world back home but then when they come to base camp yeah or kilimanjaro they're still fit but the problem is that day one is really easy to go hard day two is really easy to go hard day three is really easy to go hard day four it's still really easy to go hard. But by that you point, the damage, that. the damage has been done, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. three days where you thought nothing was changing, everything was changing, you yeah. know, yeah. and already you've kind of signed your own sort of, I'm not going to say that, you've signed your own sort
0: of chopper <laughs> <a laughs> club.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, at, at that point then, so the way I always liken it is if you arrive two hours faster than me on day one,
0: yeah,
1: two hours faster than me on day two two hours faster than me on day three i've had six more hours adjusting into altitude yeah. than you have had you know and that's what makes you strong is the acclimatization not how fit you are exactly um, and then you know that's just on three days you know if it's like eight days you know i've had 16 hours more than you to acclimatize yeah it makes a hell of a difference doesn't it you know and that yeah. 16 hours more acclimatization means that i'll then be the hair and Whoever that is will be
0: the tortoise, even though they're (laughs) an athlete and I'm not. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of difference. Um, So, Satal, I hope that answers your question. And um, and like we say, we always encourage anyone um, to keep up their fitness. I mean, we were um, over the last sort of week or so, we've been um, because we're collaborating with um, the Altitude Centre in London. Um, It does lead me on to um, another question that someone else has asked. Andy, actually. Hi, Andy. Nice to see you, mate. Uh, join us. Um, Yeah, so we were in touch with the Altitude Centre and we're putting something together around, um, you know, preparation. Um, You know, they're a great team uh, based in London um, and they do have, you know, certain training plans that we'll we'll go through because we've got our own, but we are working alongside someone like the Altitude Centre. Great for us, Um, great for you guys. So we'll certainly be rolling that out soon. Um, You know, any form of training, um, especially cardiovascular, strength in the legs is so important when you you know yeah. essentially you, you, you're walking so whatever makes yeah. walking easier for you um helps so yeah i mean certainly than it, it where we've
1: been running or cycling or walking and the legs give up it's game over then you yeah. know you're just yeah. sitting there looking at these things that won't work and it's a nightmare um yeah. actually i just spotted caroline hello uh, we spoke to you to base camp uh, I forgot to tell you when I was on the phone because I didn't realise until afterwards um, I'm actually on the same trip as you <laughs> so um, in oh, really? uh, April, yeah. Nice. yeah in April next year Okay, um, that's uh,
0: one of the trips that uh, I'll also be on so yeah we'll be trekking <laughs> together at base camp Nice, oh, welcome uh, Caroline, thanks for joining us as well as well as Brooke, oh, Brooke. She's, uh, Brooke. This is awesome <laughs> Brooke Brooke's <laughs> well, a legend real real life wonder woman and yeah. she'll tell you i mean she's um she's been to the altitude center herself um so so a big shout out to, to altitude center and to brooke mm-hmm. but um brooke's like probably i mean I, she won't mind me saying this but i hope but when we were on um achille uh, she was certainly one of the, the fittest in the group um didn't necessarily yeah. mean that she's ultimately the best of altitude because we're all the same we all acclimatize the same so sorry going back to mm-hmm. what we we're talking about earlier, um, you know, but Brooke is, yeah, very, very good at high altitude, I have to say. Um, yeah, yeah. I she loves know. it. I mean, she, she's going to come back to Aconcagua, I think she's even going
1: to do an Everest climb and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, Brooke,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. she's yeah. got to do
1: um, Mount Triglav first. I think she's climbing, if I remember that's right. That's, that's a baby hill. That's a baby hill. <laughs> she needs to come back and do Aconcagua and uh, an island and Mera. Um, yeah oh yeah one thing uh gavin um hello how's it going thanks for joining yeah us. hey
0: gavin how you doing
1: how um do you do you get work? it beforehand as backup um i just have it there in case obviously biggest concern being the little man going with us okay yeah so yes i did get it beforehand mainly because i'm a little bit sort of uh overly cautious about taking <laughs> anything that i don't know the source of yeah. however our guides do have it um and that is like proper legit Dymox, you know so it is safe to take it's the same level but being the sort of hyper prepared guy that i am i also like to have my own just in case um and it's handy to have it there um but yeah if you arrive at the mountain and you don't have it or if your bag goes missing or if the guide feels you need to take a tablet right then and you don't have it with you um the guides do have a full fully equipped high altitude medic kit um, with Dymox and lots of other stuff for your stomach and things like that Um, But yeah, I got it myself. Um, Really easy to get. So I said, like I said, I went to Nomad um, and I got all my um, inoculations there um, for all the nasty things I didn't want to get. And whilst I was there, picked up some Diamox. Oh, and a a, uh, diarrhea
0: kit. I thought you were going to call it something else then.
1: Yeah, I, I almost did. We <laughs> call it the Brad Pitt kit for uh, obvious reasons. But um, yeah, I bought that and everyone was laughing at me and joking. And um, I think, uh, no, in fact, I bought it with Andy and Steve Bolschweiler. Yeah, you did. They yeah. laughed at me. And who used it? Yeah. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I bought
0: my own. Um, yeah, you did get your own. Yeah, yeah. I just but, want to um, say as well, Gavin, I absolutely love your profile picture there, mate. Um, is that what you're going to be wearing to every space cap? That'll be good. Because we, we get plenty of heroes on the trip but uh, yeah that's I love that that's awesome um yeah. yeah cheers Gavin great question mate um it is very important I mean I used to be um, you know sort of talking three and a half four years ago and my, my mind's changed on Dymox a lot. Um, I've used it basically half a tablet for one night so it probably doesn't count so I've never used it personally but I've had family use it I've had um, you know really close friends uh, loads of our avatar have used it uh yeah. you know it's it's really can be trip changing um, yeah. as a reactive substance it's like you know dave you've said before isn't it if you've got a headache you'll take uh, you know just generally like in life yeah. um you know you can you'll take headache pills um you know if, if you're really struggling with diarrhea you'll take sort of uh, you know dioralite yeah. to rehydrate or something that's, to stop you like a modium you know that's exactly it yeah if,
1: if you're on the hill and your knee hurts take ibuprofen yeah if you have a headache take paracetamol if altitude is causing you problems, then you can take Diamox. Amongst other things, it's not a, <clears throat> it's not a, like a, a one-stop elixir. You have yeah. to still hydrate four to five liters of water a day. You have to eat good meals or eat as much yeah. calories as you can. Um, you have to walk very slowly and manage your pace. And then if you're still experiencing difficulty, Diamox will be the final piece of the puzzle that makes you feel, um, if not great, good yeah. enough, which is all the matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, side effects is um, mainly just tingling, you know. Yeah, like uh, but really strange, specific tingling, like one toe in the middle of your foot, half your tongue, like tip of your ear. Weird, yeah,
0: right? Yeah, you said you've had it in weird places.
1: Yeah, but then, um, but mainly I get it sort of here and down my throat. Um, it feels just feels like tingly and tickly and stuff like that. So, yeah, but it it's not it's annoying. It's not unpleasant. Compared to altitude sickness, it's a
0: walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I put um, I put Andy up on the screen here. Hey, Andy, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, sorry, it's taking a while for us to get to, to your question there. Um, yeah, you mentioned and um, uh, actually came with us to, to Everest as well. Um, mm-hmm. You had mild symptoms. Yeah, be true. You know what is? It's a good shout. We've got a um, big part of the community is a guy called Ed Ed Tooley. Um, I don't know if he's on here. Ed, if you're watching, mate, do say hello. He's um he's actually a nutritionist and. He works with a lot of people um, in the UK um, sports nutrition um, and he you know has, has got some really really good knowledge there so I think um, definitely uh, if Ed is watching I always like him to comment because he, he always comes up with these like you should take this or you should take this especially yeah. if it comes to iron because apparently um, your iron levels do get lower at altitude. Ultimately um, all these things that help you know can make you feel better. Personally I used to take um, like some supplements every day so I used to take like vitamin C tablets, um, you know, just to sort of take the edge off, if you like. It's not going to, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that you, you suddenly you're going to be miles better, but it, it maybe it, it worked up here. Well, that's uh, it. I mean, it, that's the
1: most important thing. If you find something that works. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's scientifically working in yeah. changing your body. It just matters that it's working up here. You know, I, I take a body of yeah. it every day when I'm trekking um mainly because i try to you know just replace stuff that i'm you, you get in a very similar diet for like quite a long time yeah but um yeah and i like to think that it makes me feel
0: better and because of that i think it does yeah it does i mean there's certain things like that um you know in terms of supplements definitely i mean it's always worth um because kevin's dropped in hey kev how you doing mate um it's always worth going and speaking to your gp about anything um we always highly recommend it especially if you've got any pre-existing stuff going on yeah, um, your know, medical conditions we say have a chat with your, your gp um you know and they would suggest that if you've got like a deficiency in in something um then you know you can take that too um you know on your trip it's like it's like yeah. anything like myself I've, I've got asthma so whenever i go high high altitude i have my my asthma stuff with me because, Yeah, you know it's what i need it's what i need because that's what's happening with me but everyone's different you know yeah. um but kevin sort of mentioned there Kevin made um, made base camp last year, I believe, and yeah, it's great to check beforehand because if you're going to be taking something, uh, and you and you're already on something, or you know, uh, you know, you've got like like you mentioned about potassium levels, yeah, then that needs to there's something that needs to be chatted yeah. about. So, yeah, good point, Kev. Um, yeah, definitely uh, speak to your GP. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always highly recommend it. All the guys at Nomad, um, you know, that's this is their specialty yeah. in high altitude trekking. I'm always on the flip side of this. And, you know, um, it's sometimes you have to be because I've had some feedback of customers that a lot of doctors, they don't like prescribing Dymox, you know, and it's always because some GPs aren't special. uh, Their niche or their specialty isn't high altitude trekking, isn't high altitude uh, medicine. So sometimes if you want to speak to someone around that, it's good to speak to a specialty like if you go to Nomad, um, some of them there are uh, doctors who deal with high altitude medicine yeah uh, obviously they do a more broad range of things and if you're on medication it's good to check but it's always worth speaking to a specialist yeah um, when it comes to um to things like that just obviously just our opinion um yeah. you know i always think it's uh, important um so cheers yeah. Ken, uh, and hope you're well uh, I, I do keep up to date with your facebook mate so uh, yeah good to see you doing well
1: i think the one thing uh, about Dymox as well that i don't think we mentioned yet is that if you are taking Dymox. Yeah. The one thing you have to, have to, have to do is um, drink loads of water. Yeah. Um, because it w- like altitude, you'll, your body will start adjusting to altitude. And part of that process is you'll pee a lot. Um, <clears throat> you'll naturally be dehydrating yourself anyway. When you yeah. take Diamox, it kind of speeds up that process. So yeah, it's diuretic, isn't it? Yeah. So um, when I, I, I was perfectly fine, slept through the night. As soon as I started taking Diamox, I'd have to get up once or twice and go to the toilet like, a, like an old man. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you replace that, you know, so make sure that you really do stick to your four or five liters a day. Um, if you're drinking like two liters a day and you're on Diamox, that's that's not going to be enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you've got to really, I mean, it's the most important thing. I mean, I think if we could talk about the success of of anything to do with our trips, especially yeah. when it comes to the percentage of people who go there um, and who make Everest Base Camp or Top of Kili, um, you know, wherever you go, uh, you know, Island Peak, it's that they, they all hydrate enough. Um, yeah. Because we, we we bang on about it so much, and it, you know if you like, Brooke's probably fed up with us talking about it because she spent so much time with us. But, um, but yeah, we bang on about it so much because it's it's so important. You get you get this right, I promise you, it will make a hell of a difference and yeah. increase your chances of getting to um, whatever your destination is. Just make yeah. sure you drink water. One of the other things as well is um,
1: <clears throat> sunscreen. Yes, yeah. um, and I also recommend if you are get in it, bring it with you yeah. uh, um, because a lot of the time in the countries, um, particularly in Africa, um, they don't really have much use for sunscreen there. So not, not yeah. a lot of places sell it and they don't really get the good stuff either. You know, so although yeah. might say to 50 it's probably not. Yeah. Uh, so when you're out there, the sun is a real sort of can be a real problem, not only because of burnt skin, that's annoying and painful to deal with, but uh, that, the UV is so much stronger at altitude, particularly, yeah. you know, if you're walking across the summit of Kilimanjaro you walk, or like Everest base camp and it's a hot day, now yeah. that sun's going to be reflecting off the, the glacier and back up to you. Um, and you run a serious risk of heat stroke um, or heat exhaustion, um, which can put an end to a trip or, or you know, make it very uncomfortable anyway. And um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So covering up and also applying as much factor 50 as you can. Yeah, uh, yeah Steve, um uh, it was Princess Diana brooke Yeah. So Steve, <laughs> Steve used, um, bought this uh, sunscreen called Princess Diana factor 50 sunscreen. Um and we're, we're we're convinced it's mainly water and milk, I think.
0: Is what it was. It wasn't the best. Yeah, it wasn't the best. Uh, that, that goes back to what you said, isn't it, is that be careful what you buy locally when it comes to things like that, you know, take take exactly. the good stuff from the UK.
1: And I know those of you uh, that those of you that have read into thin air will read John Krakauer's account of getting heat stroke um, yeah. when he was on his way and climbing Everest, um, where his, his head basically just got cooked by the high altitude sun and he was having massive headaches and problems. So yeah, sunscreen, I can't, you know, and glasses.
0: Um, and a decent hat. And hat. <laughs> you know, you can have an Everdirect one, uh, but yeah, I would definitely have a decent hat. Dave, I know you wear more of a, um it's like a sun hat isn't it you call it yeah
1: yeah i mean i get you yeah, i get some stick for it you know it's a bucket hat <laughs> yeah. a little bit happy mondays on the mountain but um <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. but uh, well, mate it's happy mondays hat and uh, i use it to get my step on
0: uh... any happy mondays fans there no okay yeah i've got over the head of most people dave yeah yeah a hat like
1: that it just keeps the sun off my neck at my eyes off my head it's brilliant um, Lauren's, um, oh, uh, oh, uh, Helios Sun
0: Lauren's on the, the comment. She's got a couple more questions just come in uh, off email and messenger. She mentioned um, it's a bit of a heavy one. I think because obviously we're talking about the, the dangers of Everest and it's always good to um, of Everest and, and high altitude trekking as a whole. Um, you know, and someone sort of mentioned around dead bodies on Everest. Uh, Dave, I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier around that it, it at Everest and go into Everest Base Camp, two totally different worlds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it really is like you don't when you go to base camp, for instance, you don't see really see any of that. Uh, no. you know, I've no. never seen any uh all the times I've been there. And um it's you know that we've I think the closest we've ever had to that, I think, Dave's probably you because you've someone passed away while while you were up there, right? Um yes, yeah. But not uh, as such.
1: Exactly, yeah. But you know, we didn't really You know, know, unless something terrible happens like that in your group, it's not something that is at the forefront of your mind. No more than it is when you go up to the Ben Nevis or, you know, climb any other mountain, you know. There are people sadly, you know, pass away or have difficult experiences in all the UK national parks, you know. So just because we're at altitude doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be faced with certain death and see certain death every day. You know, it's still... A fascinating and amazing experience that will mostly be joy you know yeah, um, yeah, and yeah exactly. you, don't, you don't see any of the the evidence of what happens when you climb everest or other eight thousand meter peaks because that is apples and oranges that is another completely it's a dangerous thing to do Yeah, yeah everest has got a lot safer in recent years but every single season someone will sadly pass away whilst trying to reach the summit of everest if they pass away too high on the mountain, unfortunately that's where their resting place stays. Yeah. Um, but you can't see it. You don't see it. And it's although it's tragic and those people should be spared a thought or two when you're in the region, perhaps at Memorial Hill, it's yeah. no more disturbing than walking past a cemetery in the UK, you
0: know? Yeah, it's exactly it's um, the same, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's very similar. Um quite a touching place, isn't it? When we go there and um yeah. I remember the last time I was there, I was I was freezing (laughs) because it was quite cold. I think we had a bit of snow and it uh, actually someone else has asked about um, people with Raynaud's uh, bad circulation Um, What would be recommended for people with bad circulation. Uh, Um, To be honest, Raynaud's is
1: one of those things. I know a friend of mine has it. Yeah. It's really strange. Like one finger on her hand will go like completely blue. But um, yeah, that's one of those things. It can be managed, but it's about, knowing how to manage it i'm not an expert but i know you have to keep yeah. your circulation going um so you know keeping your hands moving and stuff like that yeah. also um if it does happen um keeping your hands warm so yeah um, you might want to consider getting some pocket warmers and things like that to sort of insert into your glove yeah. uh, exactly just so on the really cold days or in the nights if you do start yeah. to lose circulation you at least keep the heat in your hands yeah um and yeah whatever you need to do so in that case we would always say go to your gp follow their advice to the letter and then also you know do some common sense things and there are little hacks out there so the doctor says keep your hands warm and that's all he's told you you know you can get really good sort of glove liners outer gloves hand warmers you can even get electric gloves i think they're popular with skiing um so you can like get a little battery on there and turn them on and they warm your hands yeah um, i've seen them around you know i've never bought here but i've thought about it um but yeah i run hot anyway so the last thing i need is battery powered heat being
0: pumped into my body say, yeah you, you're usually uh with the fewer layers out of all of us yeah That's exactly, exactly. You, i think we all needed it then didn't we yeah yeah big, but, time. Um, big time
1: yeah reynards yeah it's a funny one i think um yeah i'm not an expert but like i said you can Are yeah. those things you can do to make it better but always speak to your gp first get their advice Good old Byron's just popped in as well. Byron Adams, hey Byron, thanks for joining us. Hey Byron, Yeah, hey,
0: me. I spoke to Byron the other day. He's booked um, on to Kilimanjaro. Nice. Ah, oh, you'll love Killy. It's uh I know we were I, we were just uh, talking about it then and summit night. You know, you start uh, like uh, basically ten thirty, eleven o'clock p.m. <laughs> hiking through the night. Yeah, you want to make sure you have heaps of layers. Uh, yeah. I never really hike in my down jacket because they're just too warm. But you know what I did that night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I lost count of the amount of times that night, how often I, like,
1: it was really good, an opportunity. Because most of the time we talk about layers, but I'll tend to just trek in a base layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's it. You know, we'll put a jacket on if it gets a bit cold. But that day was, like, I had to go proper, like, four or five layers. Five layers? I knew I was, like, Michelin, man. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, man. It, it was crazy. Like, we take them all off when you, you know, walk in, because it was getting, yeah, yeah. so I would take the down jacket off. Soon as you stopped when you were high on Killy at like three in the morning, man, oh man, was- <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: Oh my uh, no. I hilarious. remember, Brooke, like the challenge of layers, isn't
1: it? Yeah, exactly. Brooke's hands and feet, I think, were frozen. She had to keep moving. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was amazing, though. That was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, yeah. I'll always remember going up Killy in the night, and yeah, that was amazing.
0: That's what I mean. It's it's it's, it's tough, Byron. It's super tough. But you know what? That view from the uh, um from the top ah, it's, it's one of the best views you can ever have in your life so yeah i wish you all the best byron anything um anything you need uh, comment with some questions that's what we're here for today uh, <laughs> uh actually that's a good one actually i like that i think i might take that Dave, because i do
1: ski um i personally think a ski suit might be a bit overkill for summit night it is yeah um because it kind of prevents you from having that layering system that we were talking about because you're wearing an all-in-one like baby grow, <laughs> you know um and although yeah. it's needed um on some 7000 and 8000 meter peaks you'd have an all-in-one sort of down suit um yeah. on kilimanjaro the the key is layering because it's very cold going up um very 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 hot coming down You know, when we got lower and the sun hit us, uh, you know, in the early to mid-morning, it it was roasting. Um, So, yeah, no, not a suit, layers. And if you want some information, Byron, I can talk to you about layering Um, uh, with the trousers, you know, just some insulated fleece line trousers. Some people put like like a merino wool sort of like long john on as well. Um, And then you want like a warm insulated base layer. Then you want a mid-layer, so like a fleece um and then on top of that um you can have like a down jacket and then i know what a couple of us did was we put like the wind stopper on as well just to trap heat and then the down jacket over the wind stopper.
0: but um yeah wasn't it more anything i think sometimes when it's the cold you know and as soon as you start walking you warm up but when there's like a you know 25 30 miles an hour wind hitting you yeah uh, you know it it does penetrate that you know it doesn't matter what you're wearing um you know, you will. You will still feel it. Um, that's why you know, keeping going, and and stopping for like literally two minutes or less. Yeah, um, is, is is the best go. But um, right we've got some questions coming through now. Cheers for that, Byron. I quite uh, like uh,
1: what is the collective name for Yetis? A crampon or a gasp? Judging by the way we're looking at the moment and our hair, I would, say, question, I would say a <laughs> thatch of yetis might be right. Just <laughs> judging by the beard and hair, so a thatch of yetis. A thatch of uh,
0: yetis. Well, I got a little quiz later with my family. I might ask him that. What is the Yeah, exactly. The
1: a yetis. thatch of yetis. But, um, <laughs> oh, look, awesome. Yeah, that's what we just did in um, February. So, amazing. you yeah. um, marks. Yes, get it in the UK because it's always better to have your own. Mm. Um, but our guides also have it. So basically, yeah. you know, twice the diamox, twice the protection. <laughs> you know, so that means that, you know, should you lose yours or should your bag go on an unscheduled trip or something like that, yeah. um, or if you need some right there and then and you don't have it on you, the guides always have it. But if you have yours as well, extra protection, no need to worry. So um, it's all about sort of getting rid of those little niggles and worries and when it comes to trekking as well, I always think to myself, it's like um, my equipment is kind of like, I thought of an analogy there, but I don't know if I should say it.
0: It's kind of like yeah. a condom. Is it clean, Dave?
1: Yeah, it's just relatively clean and safe. It's a, like a condom. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Great, <laughs> right, right.
0: uh, That is a brilliant <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um Yeah. Okay. I like that one. Definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use that snippet there as a highlight of the, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> no but cheers jerome um yeah um great to have you with us mate and, and thanks for, for booking on great to have you as part of the community um claire has a good question uh, not question but claire has re- recently booked in i believe with her dad brian awesome um, yeah claire welcome uh, welcome to the community and thanks for um, for choosing and, and booking with us for Killy. um again as we we just talked to, to byron then um and i believe yeah jerome so jerome's done it as well um, great trip. Uh, it's tough, um, you know, but you're going on the Lemosho route, which is, uh, in our opinion, uh, the best route, uh, yeah. best climatization. Also, scenic as well. It's 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 amazing. Oh, Laurie got a Lauren. Has Lauren got a fact?
1: Yeah. Oh, um, exactly. A flurry of yetis. Oh, Lauren, don't mention flurry. It's just making me think of. McDonald's and junk food. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh actually with Claire as well, I was thinking, you know, she's trekking with her dad. I might start like a sub community of ever trekkers called Dad Trekkers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people have trekked with their dads, because I've done it twice, now And um, yeah, but recently he's broke his leg walking a chihuahua. Another story. Um <laughs>
0: but he's coming to a tube car with us, isn't he? Um, he's coming to Tubecar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joanna had a, a great question. Um, do you need something to cover your nose? Is she uh, saying I have nose? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like directed at us? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, I um, go on a trip rather
1: than a sunscreen. Week. What's that? Sunscreen. You can't get glasses with a little leather flap um but you can't help but look like a bit of a nerd (laughs) (laughs) so yeah loads of factor 50 and what i have is like a little you know like a lip salve type thing yes it's it's one of them but it's factor 50 sunblock or no no, it's just pure total sunblock i don't even know if that's like factor thousand you just cake it on yeah um, and on your cheeks and stuff like that so you look like a cricketer basically is what is is the the look you're going for
0: it works i think uh, Joanna as well. Like, um, if you come on a trip with us, you'll get your, your evertrek buff, um, and you know if you, if you've got your own buff anyway. But um, some people do sort of wear that over here. Some people find it quite restrictive, um, you know. So not a big fan of it because it covers all your your airways. Uh, obviously, you can breathe through it, but um, yeah, you know, definitely, uh, you know that's something you could potentially use. I do if it's really cold and it's windy. If it's snowing, then you know use something, uh, or even if you've got your jacket, you imagine you put your jacket on. And you've got it covered up to here plus your buff it'll protect you from the element yeah. so, what um, can
1: make a big difference as well yeah. is um not your Evertrack buff obviously but in another buff maybe you know another company's buff <laughs> cut a little hole a little slit pull it up over your nose have a little slip by there very Perfectly. good not with the Evertrack one though um they can't be it's cut valuable for that. they're indestructible they're too valuable um you know we yeah we they're they're worth about 10 grand each you know so you don't want to do that but yeah any other company or competitors buffs um cut a hole in them and have the hole by there. uh
0: no no but long as it covers you um you know like i've used some thermal buffs as well which are a bit thicker um you know and they are uh because again i i quite like being out in the elements and feeling the wind on my face but if it gets too cold you're going to need it otherwise you you know you could get um yeah, you know, frozen cheeks. Um, so I hope that helps, Joanna. Uh, so sunscreen, and um, so a buff. Uh, uh we well, got a few more. Um, Lewis, Lewis always joins, isn't he? Hey, Lewis, thanks for joining hey, us again. Dave. Going, mate? He's always on here. <laughs> uh, good to see you on, on uh, Tuesday. Tune in, and I think Jerome likes your idea, Dave.
1: Dad Trekkers, nice, Jerome. We're gonna sort it, mate. We're gonna sort it. Ever, ever, dad trekkers or something like that. Ever pop <laughs> trekkers,
0: <laughs> that's gonna be fun yeah Uh, yeah yeah nice well we we could have a look dave there's plenty of dads aren't there um not we're saying hello and also as well where is he mr butters morning have you just got up andrew it's the afternoon
1: to be fair in isolation if i didn't open the curtains i I, yeah yeah the, the clock is relative now in fact i saw i've I'm sure it clicked backwards the other day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) um, And and, yeah, I mean, it leads us on to a good point, actually, because I know it's um, it's quite challenging at the moment, isn't it? I know it's it's been five, six weeks, seven weeks for some of us who who were were sort of self-isolating before the lockdown. Um, You know, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get some sort of update this weekend from Mr. Johnson. Uh, That'll be nice. But, you know, we've had um, a lot of questions around... um, you know obviously the trips and rescheduling we're obviously trying to be as, as flexible as we can um at the moment all's good for the autumn you know as long as we can people can travel uh, it'll probably be different not gonna lie to you um you know with regards to traveling um to do with like seat spaces things like that it's always going to be um a little bit different than what we're used to and i think it'll take time for that but in terms of trips going ahead um you know at the moment um you know all all guns uh, you know are, are going to go. Uh, let's try to think the other wording. Um, oh, guns ablaze or uh, fire all of my guns. Know, i all into but, space. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the, the, the green button has been pressed go for the autumn at, uh, for now. Um, and obviously, anything at all, guys, we'll, we will update you, especially if you're in the um, you know, the high altitude jammer trackers group. It's kind of where we communicate to our, our, our community. Um, as well if, as if you're on our email list, um, you know, and a customer, we we will let you know anything, uh, any updates. I mean, we're quite fortunate um, on in, with all of our teams really in 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 country, uh, whether that be Nepal, Tanzania, South America, that we we kind of get updated um, and 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 get told really um, about things generally before they happen because our team work quite closely with the local tourism boards. Yeah. So you know, if we do get any updates, we'll let you know. Um, as always. You know, obviously the press is out there and they'll speculate and they'll say things, Um, you know, but it's good to take sometimes it's take, you know, take, take, a, take a, a pinch of salt sometimes. No, um but, uh, Andy, it's, taken off,
1: it's taken off. Claire has launched hashtag dad trekkers. OK. Having um, um, yet three generations. So that counts. Diane. Welcome, Diane. Nanny Trekkers.
0: I Diane will be on here at some point. Yeah, well, no, we can have Nanny Trekkers.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah actually brian said that um, he did the three peaks in 24 hours last year Killy will be a whole different ball game actually do you know what doing the three peaks in 24 hours is probably an, um, the best insight you can get to summit in kilimanjaro yeah. um you can do in the uk because yeah. it combines you know sleep deprivation night day cold hot rain sun, tiredness. tiredness all of that is um all compressed into one day on Killy as well so um yeah that's you know, great experience. If you and um, sorry, if you and Claire got up there and did that, then yeah, you're in. Uh, you know, you've you've done the preparation.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it, no, it that's yeah, three weeks twenty four hours. um I know a lot of, um, of some of our trekkers were going to be doing that in June. I know, unfortunately, because of the situation, it's been um, again. I, I, I know it wasn't with us, but yeah, uh, there was a sort of group got together to to organize it. Yeah. Uh, yes it's always a challenge isn't it and we we're like you you know we want to get out and into the um you know, back doing what we love um you know being stuck in the house obviously is the best thing right now um you know to to sort of protect people's lives but still doesn't make it any easier but you know it, it will end it will come come to an end and we'll get back to doing what we're doing and you'll be able to go on these adventures and yep. we'll, you know, we'll we'll be uh, back trekking again um but yeah i hope you found today useful dave i, I Quite enjoyed today. It's um, good to see all the <laughs> regulars on as well.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's one of my favourite topics. You know, talking about altitude and yeah. the dangers of altitude. You know, but um, yeah, hopefully they, it's been a little bit enlightening and stuff like that. And um, yeah, um, we'll be back next Tuesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, um, as I mentioned earlier on the live, we've um, we, we've sort of been working and collaborating with the altitude centre. So we'll definitely update that, uh, update you with any details on that. So because we're putting together some quite comprehensive training plans um, for all of our trips, uh, you know, in association with them, um, you know, using um, stuff that we've learned stuff that they, they use as well, um, you know, and we'll definitely be feeding that out um, as soon as we can. Um, but yeah, um, for us, it's, it's all sort of business as usual. So yeah. if you have any questions, anything at all, you'd like to know on any of our trips, obviously we're doing these, um, these lives every week on the Tuesday tune in, but we're here available um, throughout the week. So yeah, just message us. I know it's the bank holiday weekend um uh so we're not in uh, obviously over the weekend and, and and friday but you know definitely do um sort of comment and message ramona yeah. she's always the first on How oh yeah up? ramona welcome
1: always late but worth the wait <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, she's never oh, she's never late she's usually on time but um yeah still worth the wait
0: yeah, exactly. No, it's great.
1: Oh, Andy, what happened to the podcast? It's still alive. It's still there. Um, it's just a little bit logistically difficult to record, given yeah. that we're in one home and Andy's in another. So, uh, But we're recording one this week, I believe. Andy, are we recording the podcast? Yes, we are. Yes, in the, in the
0: diary. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Yeah, Andy, because we, I know we were doing one a week before, Um, you know, up until Killy, really, and then this kicked off. So it's kind of things are slowed down, and there's other things that almost take priority. But, um, you know, which, unfortunately, just gets in the way. But, yeah, the podcast has been really, um, you know, really popular. Um, we've had some great feedback on it. So, yeah, it's continuing. Um, it might not be as, as, as sort of often as once a week, but uh, probably once every two weeks, but we're going to get out some new ones. Of course, yeah. good, um, you know, good things to talk about, um, especially during um, you know during lockdown at the moment. So, Andy, yeah, I know you're you, you bursting to get another one, mate. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll certainly... Let you know. I, I know you're on an email list. We'll post it on Facebook. Um, yeah. We'll get one out to you. Normally on Thursdays, we kind of um, um, yeah. release the podcast. I think the last one we did. Uh, Dave, what was the last episode we did on the podcast? Uh, I think it was Battle of the Treks. Battle of the Treks. You know Battle. what? I actually, if you haven't listened to that one already, um, although we, yeah, what do we call it? Top Trumps for Treks, I think was the. Uh, Is that what we did? The- oh, yeah. that's that's uh, Colloquially, we
1: refer to it. Hello. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, yeah, we're definitely going to do it again. I and mean, as soon as we get back um, in the office, because we have our little studio there, we'll be back to recording one a week. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's something that you know we both love to do. Um, but yeah, just managing workloads when you're kind of separated is a little bit yeah. difficult. Everyone tends to fall into their own little schedule, <laughs> you know. So, um, but no, I'm excited to do another one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to um, to pick up on Jerome. Jerome, thanks for your questions today. Um, you know, I hope we're we're helping um you know with some of these but yes this is an important one because i, I know i briefly touched upon it about um obviously you want to get out, out on these trips as soon as possible and how would the the backlog of treks affect next year it won't um so so we're quite fortunate in terms of we always have a lot of capacity to run these trips so a couple of things we've kind of done are especially like in nepal because that's where we um you know most of our trips go because that's that's kind of our as dave put it you know that's our uh, big mac Yeah. In terms of Everest, you know, that's 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 what most people come on with us. We've obviously grown and we're running different trips now. But, yeah, in terms of dates. So what we've done is we've opened up new trip dates. Uh, We've got the capacity number of guides to actually run almost double the amount of treks that we normally do. So that's what we've done. Uh, We've had to, you know, think on our feet a little bit because, you know, this is a situation that was unprecedented. So, yeah, we have, um, you know, try to remain as flexible as we can. Which is why we've been, uh, you know, like we don't charge any people. We've been super flexible with rescheduling. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we're like you guys. We, we want to get on trips um, like like you. Um, you know, I know some people were meant to be there now. Um, you know, and this would be right in the middle of trekking season. Yeah. And, you know, we, we feel for you because, you know, we're the same. We, it we is going. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I
1: hope next year is fine because, you know, I'm due to go in April. Yeah, um, yeah, Yeah. no, uh, yeah, we are doing everything we can to accommodate. We are running some things like parallel groups, you know, so where we had one date um, with one group, we're gonna still maintain the date but maybe run two parallel groups. So, um, you know, although they'll be going to the same place at the same time, you'll have your own guide, your own core group of trekkers that'll be with you, your own porters and things like that. Um, Just a way so we can keep that small group feel whilst managing the increased demand for those um, individual dates. Um, but yeah, no, really excited, you know, everything's going well. We, we our guys out there as well can't sing their praises high enough, you know. Yeah. Um, particularly, I mean, it's been affected worldwide, but obviously we had the largest number of people going to Nepal and yeah. it hit Nepal right smack bang in the middle of March, you know, which is peak the start of their trekking season. Yeah um but yeah i know our guy um anuj head of operations over in nepal um he's ready and waiting he's like seriously just sat at his (laughs) lap he can't wait for information to come that people are on their way because that's what they love you know he he replied to me because he was in the mountains and uh, was walking down he said it was so sad to see namshi um just you know devoid of trekkers and hikers and stuff and um that's one thing that i love about the guys over there is that seeing you lot go over there and seeing you lot reach base camp and be in the region um is a sense of pride and happiness for those guys um so i know as soon as they can they'll be opening the doors and we'll be ready to get you over there
0: yeah exactly and uh, you know we will we'll do it as soon as we legally can um i mean on on a personal level i'm kind of i am a bit of a risk taker as a flight go and i'll generally jump on it but i think we all have to manage expectations at the moment due to the yeah. Severity of the situation but you know for us um like i said we are positive about it um at this point you know all all uh, basically autumn trips are going ahead uh, unless we're told that we can't um you know that'll that'll be the case so yeah people like ramona i know you've had to reschedule uh obviously going to uh, annapurna in october um you know so yeah jerome um, and anyone else that's listening yet we're, we're right behind you absolutely if, you, if you're booked on a trek with us uh, on a trek with us we're gonna get you on a trek um yeah. Obviously, we have to try and manage it a little bit uh, differently. Uh, yeah. yeah, a couple more questions come in there. Let's yeah, see. so uh, uh, said, what kind of training do we yeah.
1: do in preparation for trips to Killy? Do we train on local hills? Yeah, almost exclusively. Um, yeah. So um, I used to do a lot of running, but I tend not to do so much running now. Um, but cycling, you know, so essentially my training is okay. twofold. I want to improve my cardiovascular fitness. Um, so cycling and hill cycling I've been, yeah. is really good for that um it also gets you out for long periods of time which is perfect um and then the other thing is strength and endurance in the legs and if you're going trekking i'm a big believer in the best training is trekking um so put a pack on your back get it on the local hills we're only an hour from brecon so we're very lucky um wherever you are you know even if you live in you know holland you can go to the gym put a pack on your back treadmill on incline or the stairmaster, you know that revolving staircase. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Strength and endurance in the legs, and some strength and endurance in the heart and lungs. Yeah. Um, if you've already fit enough to do the three peaks in twenty-four hours, then you're probably already fit enough. It's yeah. about maintaining that. I think if I was training for Killy as well, now I've done it, I would probably look to do like some form of endurance hike as well. Like I know myself and Andy did the the, the Great Glencoe Challenge last year. Yeah. Uh, 26.2 uh, mile trip around um, Glencoe and Fort William. Um, that's a really good thing. I would also yeah, be, good. yeah. Any sort of like, you know, 24 hour endurance trek or something like that, just yeah. to, um, so the 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 familiar feelings of trekking at night, trekking when you're tired, trekking when yeah. you're hungry, that type of thing. But yeah, yeah, another, yeah. and Lauren, I think, ah, oh,
0: excellent. Lauren's posted a link as well to uh, a training guide good you know, old social yeti um yeah so i mean a lot of our early sort of stuff i mean because some of these guys we wrote in the last couple of years um you know as obviously it's all around everest but it's all transferable um you know in terms of what you need to do um obviously everest is a bit more of a journey through a landscape where Kili is your your, your climbing a mountain yeah but essentially it's the same things that you do um you know just to get out pack on your back do the miles sometimes as well put some consecutive days so hike on a, you know, if you can on the weekend, Good obviously yeah. you are well allowed out. Do a Saturday and a Sunday. So you know what it's like on the second day to actually walk with tired legs because that's what yeah. you do effectively. Oh, um, easy.
1: I've just always Claire said that they're doing the Great Glencoe Challenge in July before Killy. Myself and Andy and a load yep. of other EverTrackers will be doing it. So yep. um, email them and ask to be put on to the EverTrackers team. Yes. Um, and we'll all do it together on our wave and stuff like that. So um, yeah,
0: brilliant. Do that. That was good. Yeah, that'd be great. It's more the merrier. It's a great. We we did it uh, last year as well. It's um, I mean yeah, we 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 underestimated it a little little bit. It is tough, but it's very very fun. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was amazing. Um, what I did was
1: because I'm an experienced um, trekker and hiker. <laughs> obviously, I've been in the business a long time, and I know everything there is to know. Um, I wore brand spanking new boots on the day of a twenty six point two mile walk, and um, yeah, completely just destroyed my feet <laughs> um, but that's complacency for you you know i learned a valuable lesson there never ever be complacent about your foot health
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um brian asked a good question what have you guys go on every trip yeah we'd uh well although we'd like to brian yeah we run about almost 50 trips a year to everest um so yeah, yeah. We, we don't unfortunately so one of our i kind of i, I think of it as our usps you know are, are things we're quite passionate about is using local guides. Um, you know, although we run the business, and, and I know you obviously with the with the front of the business, and you, know, you see us a lot. Um, you know, we're rarely on trips. Um, we kind of go on on some, um, especially if they're kind of new trips. You know, like I, I've done Base Camp five times now, uh, but I am going again next year. Um, it's just on this on a, a private trip that's happening. But generally, because we have like all of our guides have been doing it for a very long time, like we we, we talk um, like just talking about Nepal. You know, we got guys like Bibek. You know, who's climbed, his summited Everest. Um, you know, he summited other eight thousand meter peaks. He's done base camp over two hundred times. These guys are far better equipped to manage you guys' altitude than us. Yeah. Um, although we're like you guys, where we're trackers, um, we're people who are passionate about this. We are. Um, we we want to use the best people, and the best people are local guides, in our opinion. It, exactly. Like, yeah. All of our trips.
1: So um, yeah, and I think if we did every, if one of us was on. So that would mean if I did 50% of the trips that we do a year, I'd be dead.
0: Um, <laughs> you uh,
1: you yeah, living uh, out there permanently, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a, that wouldn't be a bad life, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. It's great. It's great. It's, uh, well, we've got a few more questions going in. Um, oh, as well. Um, Chloe, yeah, it is postponed till 2021, um, which is a bit of a nightmare. But um, yeah, any of you guys that are booked on to the Glencoe Challenge, yeah, um, email them. And asked to be put onto the evertrackers team, um, you know, and uh, we'll we'll all be up there next July. Yeah,
0: um, Lauren's made a good point. Yeah, she's put on there. Um, so I'm so sure. Yeah, Lawrence put in about a training weekend. So these are ones that me and Dave are on. Um, we run them in the UK. So basically, it's a chance for all of our evertrackers to come together, do a weekend of hiking. We run them in Brecon Beacons. Um, if you can get on there, love to have you with us. They're always fun. Um, you know, we always use it as like a Q and A session. So like on the Friday. You arrive, we go to a pub and do a little Q&A over some food and a beer. We know each other. Then full day out on Saturday. Um, Again, um, you know, because hydration is really important. So straight to the pub on the Saturday. And then um, another day uh, on the Sunday. And really these training weekends, uh, so uh, we always use them. We call them training weekends, but it's not like we teach you any skills because you don't need any skills to go trekking a high altitude. It's just about getting this right. And, you know, we like to think that some of the things we tell you uh, and offer the training plans we share we, we also go through the equipment you need um we bring yeah. our equipment and we go through it um they're really good training weekends so yeah if you want to get yourself in uh, and meet myself and dave and, and and john as well who's been on the live other people um you know definitely it'd be great to see you on there but always really good weekends aren't they dave
1: yeah really good yeah i love them i mean um you know yeah you'll myself and andy are always on every one of them at least one of us unless you know and we only miss them there's a really really unmissable thing happening elsewhere in the world um yeah. like being in the pool um but yeah but also um usually you'll have uh, well you'll definitely have john the great bold yeti um usually my old man is there as well you know you would never turn down a free breakfast yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so and yeah we we you know there's there's you know quite often a good mix of like base camp veterans and and people that are yet to go and we all get out there share our experiences share our thoughts ideas and um, yeah. yeah you'll be a, you'll be a base camp expert before you arrive in Nepal guaranteed
0: yeah that's that's what we like to do we we want to um, i mean a big part of what we do is almost where uh, we try and educate at least or provide you with all the information you need so when you get out there at high altitude you kind of um, you know you know you know a lot more than the average joe yeah because uh, you do it, it it does we know it makes such a difference I think it's, it's why we have such a high success rate of, um, of reaching the destinations, you know, almost hundred percent is because we're trying, we're trying to give you as much information so you can make those decisions. Um, you know, so you've got this right. You're also good in yourself and you're enjoying it as well. You know, yeah. you gotta go out there and enjoy these challenges. That's why, that's why, you know, remember why you're going on them. Um, Ramona's asked us some good questions. Actually Ramona's a, uh, obviously an Evertrekker. She's, uh, been on our lives quite a lot. And, and yeah, about weight loss. It's, um, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I always used to say that. <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, Ramona, um, but I always say that if you if you have got weight to lose, you will lose it. Um, I think on the first Everest base camp trip, I was probably about two stone heavier than I am now, yeah. and I lost over a stone on that trip. Yeah, um, because it was such a a tough time, and you do you know your your altitude, your body's burning. You know, you're walking every day, and you do lose um, you know you do lose uh, a lot of weight um you know, it might be it depends sometimes you get ill like dave you, you've suffered with your bad stomach a couple of times haven't you
1: yeah well i'll get a bad stomach if i go to germany you know so just even yeah. like i don't even have to go as far away as asia but um what Ramona's actually actually quite an interesting thing this you said about like post ebc altitude sickness yeah so i'm assuming she lost the weight at ebc continued to lose weight when she got back
0: yeah and,
1: and then like spots on the back um that's unusual i think i think i know how what you can and affect the mind like after you've been there but um i would say that is
0: very unusual to have that so yeah very yeah. interesting though um your metabolism maybe was still I yeah some metabolism there um some, some that, yeah that's probably a good point and i think yeah because i know your
1: metabolism does change in the way you digest food and process energy yeah. different when you're at altitude so maybe that process was just prolonged in your body yeah uh, yeah. yeah very interesting
0: yeah, I like that. It's, it's loads of people as well. It's actually great. Um, yeah, I hope that, um, yeah, good point, Ramona. Um, loads of people are doing the Glencoe Challenge. I can't wait. Um, all right, well, yeah, definitely. If, if anyone's watching, um, Diane, I know you've asked for the, the information. Um, I'll definitely pass uh, Social Yeti Lauren. I'll get her to um, just add the link. Um, if not, we'll do it afterwards. Um, basically, it's it's super easy to register. If there's space, I know that normally they do have, it's normally sold out. So I would have to check, um, you know, I'd definitely check because you have to register with them. It's not through us. So you would have to register through them directly. Um, but as soon as you do register, you can join. You can join the team. And it's a it's a good weekend. Uh, we love yeah. it. We flew up there last time to Inverness. You, you, we hired a car. Uh, and you can go to um, uh, Fort William, which is where it pretty much everything happens. Uh, we stayed in a place there. Um, so, yeah, anyone who's booked on to that, uh, obviously, it's been postponed to next year. I'd love to, to catch up with you at the event. Um, yeah we're, we're not uh, like anything we, we try and go at an easy pace to enjoy it you know we get um, I don't know if Doug or, or Tam are on here two Evertrekkers they actually did kill you with us in base camp um, but they are quick I think Tam did it in seven and a half hours yeah,
1: yeah. Like
0: that. it took us ten and a half hours ten, ten
1: and a half. to be fair though I think I had about an hour and a half lunch <laughs> so um, <laughs> half.
0: yeah 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 Tam, Tam was real quick real quick yeah he's, he's he's a fit guy um but look guys yeah great live i mean it's been we've been on for um what what's what's much more asked now uh, Dave, what is that
1: the is that traditional architecture literature uh to be honest uh yes you can ask us about it lauren would you mind answering <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good very good it's uh yes it's not something that yeah i'm trying to think off the top of my head on that one um But, yeah, we'll we'll let you know, Ramona, on on that one, mate. Um, Yeah, but great. It's it's been really good. Um, You know, thanks for your questions today. Any that uh, do crop up at all, um, you know, definitely, um, you know, just post them in. We'll get back to you after the live. Um, You know, we're back next Tuesday. Um, We'll definitely get a podcast episode out from now until then. Thursday. Uh, We'll be on that Tuesday. God's mad, isn't it? It actually goes goes crazy. Um, But, yeah, other than that, guys, uh, obviously we'll see you in the group. Yeah, and, um, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. All the best, guys. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Cheers, guys.
1: Thanks, mate.
0: Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it.
1: I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, and.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye